Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be doing an international starting five versus current American starting five and who I would pick and who I would think would win this competition. So, without further ado, let's get into it. You're now listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, and I'm back, back today. So it was a bit choppy, the intro of what, what I'm doing, but I'm going to explain it first before I go. So I had a I had a real interesting idea, you know. I thought to myself, you know, Luka Doncic, the previous podcast I did, he's an international player. You know, we've got Giannis, the currently, at the moment, you would say the best player in the world. You'd have to go on that assumption, just winning the finals, finals MVP. You have Nikola Jokic, who is the regular season MVP, all these players international, right? So what I th- what I thought, you know, I'd do an, uh, an international starting five currently, so I can pick out of any any teams in the NBA or anywhere just in general, versus current American starting five, right? Now, for a lot of you guys that don't know, international players right now, it's pretty stacked. Like, it's very deep. Like, on, on an, an article that I just looked up, you know, previously in before this podcast, I said, "Oh, you know, I wonder who else is like international that I would know." You know, like because you when you watch the NBA, you kind of forget like sometimes that they're international, and you just think like oh, they're just an NBA player because you've seen them so long, like you just forget. So, like this is this is lineups a a article in, online. I just first one I clicked on. They have. I'll give you the top ten international players they have. So, number one, they had Giannis. Number two, Luca. Number three, Embiid. Number four, Nikola. Number five, Rudy Gobert. Number six, Pascal Siakam. Number seven, Ben Simmons. Number eight, Demontis Sabonis. Number nine, Chris Stapps, Porzingis. And number 10 was Nikola Vucevic. And then a lot of people underestimate and forget that Canadians are technically international players in the NBA. It kind of feels like what Australia is in Australia to New Zealand, but it, they are international players, technically. So you've got players like Shea Gilgis Alexander. You know, that's just off the top of my head that... Is a Canadian that's a real good player. But, you know, like, even if going down, like, the 25th best-ranked player they had was Jonas Valanciunas, who's a starter on a playoff team that's a player that helps that team, you know. He contributes to their team. So what I'm going to do, my, my, my starting five, international, I'm going to throw it out there, all right? Pros and cons of what it is, and then I'm going to do my, my USA team. USA is pretty pretty straightforward. Like, it's, it's pretty easy to pick. But international is a bit different, you know. I'm I'm not going for the best five players. I'm going for a fit, like a team that I would think that would beat a USA team. So my first player, I'm going to pick, and I'm going to pick him at one of the guards, right? Just one guard, and that is Luka Doncic, obviously. Uh, you know, my previous podcast, I talked about Luka. I think he's going to be the next best player in the NBA. I think he's going to be a top three player from next season till. I don't know how long. Like, I just think he's that good. He's so patient, timely. He can do anything on the floor. You know, I just had a podcast based on Luca. So if you want to listen to that, go back into the episode. You can listen to what I really think about Luca. But first person I'm going to pick, Luca. Second, obviously, Giannis. We've never seen a player like him, to be honest. He's just a freak, some people might say. Yeah, people say that. But no, honestly, like, he's he's seven foot, controls the ball like a guard. You know, a lot of people 
forget that they were trying to play him as point guard when Jason Kidd was on the helm at Milwaukee. You know, so they had him played in point. So he's basically a positionless player. You know, he's the most dominant player I think we've seen since a player like Shaq. Now, I'm not saying he's as dominant, but, like, when he gets the ball and he dunks it, like, you feel the force coming from the stadium or from, or from wherever you're watching the game, right? Like, he's just that dominant, you know? He's not a great shooter of the basketball, but he's proven that he can work on it, and then when he works on it, he's getting better, right? So he's my second player. You know, I'd probably have him at the four, you know, or the three. doesn't really matter, right? So I've got Luka probably at the point guard right now, you know, and then I have Giannis at the three, my center, right? Easy choice. Most people think, oh, Joel Bebe. No, I'm, take, I'm taking Nikola Jokic, right? Nikola Jokic is the best big in the NBA. You know, I don't really rank Giannis as a big, you know, like a center. You know, centers are bigs, and then Giannis is a wing. He's, 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 he's basically the biggest, he's positionless, right? He's the most positionless player probably in the international scene right now. So I'll, I'll take Jokic as my center. Like, he's just, man, he is. If, if, if you, if you, like the simplicities, the intricates, the little things about basketball, you love watching Jokic play. Like he is never, ever rushed at any point when he's playing, very patient, gets to his spots every single time. Wherever he wants the ball, he'll put it. You know, he's, he, I would say he's got his top five in the NBA of vision. Like he can just see plays before it happens. Like I reckon players like him, Chris Paul, LeBron James, I would say, you know, someone like Ricky Rubio is a real good facilitator. He's a really good passer. You know, he's he's someone that a lot of people don't think of, but he's a great little player too. You know, but yeah, his vision is, is unparalleled. It's the best, I think he's the best big man passer ever. You know, and that, that could be a big statement, but I just think he is. He's the best player I've ever seen pass the ball at his position. You know, he can shoot the ball, space it, great offensive rebound too. These are all these little intangible things that you love and, you know, like I just like watching him play because he doesn't really doesn't really complain, doesn't really yell, doesn't bump his chest or anything like that. He just goes about his work and he does it. So, like, if I was picking, he'd be my obvious choice. Now, I've got to choose between a wing and a four, and like I'm going to go a bit different here. And a lot of people will be like, "Oh, really? Yeah." No, I'm going to pick. I'm going I'm to pick Ben Simmons, right? Now, Ben Ben Simmons is right now one of the most would you say I would say polarized? I would say polarized players in the NBA today. A lot of people don't realize how good he is, and they just focus on his negatives, right? And his negative today is the biggest attribute you could be in as a player in the NBA today: shooting. If you can shoot the ball in the NBA in today's game, you always have a position available, right? But because he's not that good of a shooter, you know, people downgrade what he what he does well. Now, what he does well is great vision, great facilitator. He can defend one through five. You know, there's not a lot of players in the NBA that can defend one through five. One through five, sorry. Him, I would say, Bam Adebayo is pretty good, capable of doing it. Giannis is capable of doing it. LeBron, before you know, peak LeBron, he could defend one through five. But at the moment, that's that's that would be, you know, that's it really. So there's only like two or three players that can defend one through five. He can do that at a great clip at a great percentage you know you look at his plus minus when he's on the floor to when he's off the floor defensive rating it's it's a big mismatch in Philadelphia you know they have some pretty good defensive players in Matisse Tybal, Joel Embiid you know they have some good defenders but you know when he's on you know it's, it, it's different because he can pick up the best player on any starting team right so I'd have him little side note what I want to talk about Ben Simmons though so I was lucky enough to work at Ben Simmons camp when he came to Australia a couple of years ago 
and they had like a big Q and A. I was I was coaching. I was like a volunteer coach. It was a big Q and A, and there was you know you know how kids are. You know they don't really care. They just say how it goes. And there was this kid. He was probably in high school. You know he's seven year eight. You know and he's probably thinking, oh, I'll, you know, I'll make my friends laugh here. You know. And Ben Simmons was asking questions, was answering questions, and he's put his hand up, and he was lucky enough to get the question asked. And he said, oh, do you reckon you'll be able to score a three-pointer this year? And, like, pre-context, Ben Simmons, I got to talk to him for a little bit. He's pretty quiet. He's a pretty reserved guy. Like, you know, he's, he's pretty to himself. You know, he, he was he was nice to me. I had no real bad qualms about him. He's pretty quiet, right? But, like, when I talked to him, I was like, hey, man, how are you? He's like, yeah, I'm a good man. How are you? Good, good. You know, he's pretty soft-spoken. You know, pretty nice guy, right? So when this kid asked the question, can you shoot? Like, straight away, he just, like... Flicked a flicked a switch in his in his head, and he's like, "Well, what do you reckon?" And the kid kind of got nervous. He was kind of like, "Oh, oh, oh, I don't know." He's like, "He's like, what do you reckon?" He's like, "Oh, y- yeah." He's like, "That's what I thought." And the hill's funny because his dad kind of intervenes, like, "Nah, he'll make it. He'll make one this year. Don't worry." And then Ben Simmons like, "Yeah, I'll make a shot. Don't worry." So it was funny. So like, you know, you look at it. He takes that. To, you know, he he knows he he he's got the preconceived notions of he's not a shooter. This that, but like. You know, you probably look at, like, he, if, the, if there's a close gym and you're just watching him shoot threes, he's probably not a bad percentage shooter, I don't think. I think he's just so, you know, nervous to shoot and just so worried to shoot that, like, he's he's, he's just like, well, if I don't shoot, I can't miss. But, like, Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And and, and if he got the three-point shot, no one would be talking to him like this. Like, no one would be like, I'll oh, trade him. Philadelphia's got to trade him this, that. I'll tell you what, they'd be pretty close to winning the chip, you know, because that guy could do everything. He'd kind of be like a baby LeBron, you know, kind of like coming out of college, you know. That's what people thought he could be. You know, people thought he could be a baby LeBron, and he still can be. He definitely still can be, but he would be a player that I'd put in my starting five without any any hesitation, any questions, right? So I've got four players here, right? So I've got Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Simmons. You know, so I probably, probably need... A wing or a scorer or a shooter, you know. And for me, I'm going to take. He's, he, it's hard. It's a hard one to think. It's a hard one to take because I can go extra big and I can take Joel and I can probably play Joel and I can play Jokic, or I can go someone like, you know, and people might laugh, but like, I can go Andrew Wiggins. Right, he just plugs into his role, does his job, does whatever you ask. I can go to Young Root. I can go Shea Gillius. You know, but. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go. I'm going to go from Philadelphia. I'm going to go Joel. I'm going to go Joel Embiid at that at that four or five, whatever. Now, Joel Embiid. A lot of people don't realize he's he's probably the best defensive center in the league right now. You know, I don't think there's anyone right now better than him in defense in in, in centers. He 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 didn't get injured in this past season. If he didn't get injured in this past season, he's most likely the MVP, right? He went off to a really good start with Philadelphia. You know, he did a really good job, and I was really impressed with Philadelphia in the regular season. Now, obviously, we all know it didn't work in the playoffs, but that's not that's not here or there, right? This, we're just talking about Joel Embiid, right? If he didn't get injured, you know, people had him as the MVP, and I, and I, I do definitely think that he could have probably, he could have definitely gotten that award. So he's the best defensive set in the league, right? That's we've established that, but he's also he's also Probably the best scoring center in the league, right? You know, someone that's been underrated, people don't appreciate too, is Nikola Vucevic. He's a really good scorer of the ball, really good offensive player. You know, but he's... But we're not talking about him, we're talking about Joel. Joel can really score, you know. He can run the floor. 
shoot the ball. He can do basically a little bit of everything, right? And when he gets that ball low post and he's trying to score and be an offensive threat, not a lot of people can stop that, man. You know, not a lot of people can stop that. And I, I just think that that's, for me, like it's 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 too hard. It's too, it's too good not to take, right? So we're going back. We're looking at our five. We'll do positions now. So point, I'll probably have... I'll probably have Luca at the point because I like Luca ball dominant on the ball, you know. But then again, if I have him on ball dominant, then I have Ben Simmons off ball, and Ben Simmons can't shoot. So it's a, it's a different question. I I would just say whoever gets the ball, run the offense, initiate the offense, right? Right. So we got that. So you got we'll have Ben Simmons and Luca in the backcourt, right? Now we got Giannis at the wing as a three man. That's pretty dangerous, right there. Pretty self explanatory. He'll do anything. At the four, we've got, I'd say Joel Embiid, because he'd be able to defend the fours, the bit of the faster players, consider depending on, I mean, rather than Nikola Jokic, right? So I'll have Joel at my four, and then I'll have Nikola Jokic running at the five, right? Now, that five, <laughs> that's pretty dangerous right there. That, that, that is a definite hard five to play against, right? So now I'm going to do my USA team. And I'm just going to throw out the players that I would have. I'll try to keep it position positional, right? But point guard, Steph Curry, that's super simple, super easy. He's the best point guard in the league today still. If people don't realize, he's a top five point guard ever, top 15 player ever, in my opinion. Like, he's just that good. People underestimate how much he changed the game of basketball, right? He changed the game of basketball. Like, he literally has... Anyone thinking they're a three-point shooter now in any league you go to in the world. So he's my point guard, and that's that's the this is probably the, one of the easiest picks ever, right? I'm just going to go two wings, right? Two wings right here. My first wing, LeBron. Easy. Easy pick. Easy. He's without a doubt top two player ever. You know, whatever people want to say, oh, he's not number one, he is number one, this, that. He's kids, he's like my, he's, so I, I grew up, I just grew up a little bit past that Kobe phase of where I got into basketball, so for me, LeBron's like what Kobe was to people that grew up watching basketball in the 2000s, I, I grew up watching basketball in the 2010s, 2020 era now, so LeBron's like my Kobe, and then obviously Kobe's, people's MJ's Kobe, so for me, like, watching LeBron play, he can do anything, anything. Like, literally anything you, you want him to do, he can do it, right? So, he's obviously easy choice. My other wing, Kawhi Leonard, right? He's, when he's healthy, when he's fit, when he's firing, he is top five player in the NBA. You know, he's the best defensive player in the NBA, right? He can defend one through four at a very high and competent rate. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm easily picking him. He's maybe got the most... I don't know. It, it, it depends. It goes between Ray Allen or Ray Allen or him in the most difficult or famous shots in NBA history where he hit the Game 7 buzzer beater against the Philadelphia 76ers to take him to the conference finals, and we all know what happened there. They are lucky they got the chip. They beat the Warriors. So he's an easy pick, man. Like He can do anything. He would be able to defend anyone's best player, right? but he can also score. He's an assassin for mid-range. He does everything. He'll lock up your best player. Four man, easy. People probably think, oh, you forgot about him. KD, super simple. KD for me is the best scorer, best person, 
best scorer in any type of basketball you want to talk about. And and what I mean about any type of basketball is international and NBA. His game translates without a doubt and everything, right? We saw in in the Olympics just recently, you know, USA kind of got off to a bit of a rocky start. You know, they didn't really, for me, they didn't really hit their straps and get into their, their main type of style. And that could be just, you know, trying to work out who's on, who's, you know, playing well with each other, you know, who doesn't play well with each other and vice versa. But, like, they figured it out. Like, KD, the offense has to go through him first, probably second and third. So, for me, he can get you 30 in international. He can get you 30 in NBA. We've seen that plenty of times. He's an underrated defender. And he's seven foot. And he's a guard at seven foot, really. So, he'd be my four. Now, this is where it gets interesting because there's plenty of routes I can go. Plenty of routes I can go. I can go super small. Or I can pick a smaller center. I can go like a typical center. Or I can just, you know, I can literally go another guard and just say, you know, LeBron, you defend this player. You defend that player. But I'm going to go based on, first off, position. And it, it for me, would be a pretty easy choice. I would take Anthony Davis at the center. Now, we know he doesn't really like playing center a heap. But for me... If he was to play center for the whole season, he probably probably would be the best center in the NBA. You know, like you look at some of the stuff he can do. He's he's pretty he's pretty much a generational talent. You know, that just hasn't really fulfilled his full potential yet, and he's already won a championship. But like he was MVP talent. You know, like he can really do that. I think, and that's going to be interesting. Really seeing him this season with the Lakers, and apparently there's reports he's going to play a lot of center, which I hope like because. If the Lakers are serious about winning the chip, they have to play him at center because he's he's able to take the big men off the dribble, you know, and then he's able to, you know, bully the little people that guard him, right? So, like, for me, play him at center. The other person I was thinking about taking at center, well, there was two people. I was thinking of going really, really small and taking Draymond Green because you don't really need five scorers out there. Or I was thinking of going defensive, you know, does his role, doesn't need the ball in his hands, kind of like Draymond in a sense, in BAM. But, you know, if you got AD at your helm, you obviously take AD, right? So that, that, that's why I took AD. Now we look at it. We look at our international team. We look at our USA team. Typically, and this is typically, you know, US teams would wipe the floor with international teams. We obviously saw in the Olympics that's not the case anymore. You know, the 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 rest of the world is catching up with the NBA, and I'm, and I'm very excited about it. I'm very happy about it because it – it instills and recreates balance, you know, and it's not good to have just one clear-cut team and a bunch of other teams that can, you know, on their day get them, you know, and the other team has to have their off day to beat them, but it's much better when you have a balanced league. Like we saw last year and the year before of the NBA, the league was a bit more balanced, you know, compared to when the Warriors had their super team, right? So it's, it's great to see that teams like Australia, you know, teams like Slovenia, teams like France, Spain, you know, all on their day, I could, def- could definitely beat USA, especially a team like Slovenia. You know, they don't have a lot of well-known players, but they just hustle, play hard, play fast. They're fit, and they got the they got Luka Doncic, who's like USA's kryptonite man. So, like the NBA, the, the rest of the world's catching up with the US, which is great. If you look at it and you look at balancing positions, like you look at it, Steph Curry versus Luka, that's an interesting one. You know, I'd probably take Luka and 
that's it's crazy to say, but I would take Luca. I love him. He's so crazy. And like, but like, then you got Steph. Man, it's just like, whew, that's hard to choose from. It's really hard. So, no, no, I'm taking. I'll, I'll take Steph. I'll, I'll stay loyal to my Warriors. You know, I really love the Warriors. I don't go for them, but they're my favorite team in the NBA. Very different. You know, you know, I go for the Pistons, but I really love the Warriors. If I could go for the Warriors, I really would. But you know, you got to stick loyal to your team. So I'd take Steph. So that's 1-0 International vs. US. You know, you got your wings. You know, you got your LeBron against, you'd probably say, Giannis right now. I'm taking, oh, I'll take Giannis because he's right now better than LeBron. So I'll do that. My other wing positions, I had Kawhi Leonard against Ben Simmons. I'll take Kawhi. Pretty easy there. So it's 2-1 US. Centers, AD, Jokic. I'm taking Jokic. Only based based on the fact that he's healthy all the time. AD is not healthy all the time. He's able to facilitate, and that's something that AD can do, but not at a level that that Jokic does it. So I'm going to take Jokic there, right? So we got two two. So now we got Embiid versus KD. It's it's pretty simple. I like I, I would take KD. So you look at it, it's three two US, but like. The way I look at it, that that you that that international team, that international team could be pretty well built in beating USA, right? Because they'd ha- they'd slow them down in the half court because they got both Jokic and and Bede. They'd be able to throw the ball into the paint. They'd be able to bully someone like KD, right? You got Ben Simmons who would just be a great defender. You also got Giannis who's a great defender. I think Giannis would have a field day against anyone, right? So for me, it's an interesting it's an interesting topic. Like, I'm going to take the international team, and it it might be it might be wrong in people's opinions, but like I just think that like if you if you're going one like a one off game, you're probably taking the USA team. But I'm looking at it like in this sense where it's going to be a season, and then you're able to pick apart what the, what USA does well and wrong, and what they don't do right. Sorry. So for me, I'm going to take the international team. You know, I think that that. Team they have, it's a massive team. And then, like, they'd just be able to bully them, you know. And then a lot of people don't realise, like, Luca, Luca would Luca would kill Steph Curry, especially if he's defending him. The amount of stuff, screens you would put Steph Curry in, stuff like that. You know, it's, it's very much a hypothetical, right? But, like, I don't know. I just think that it's an interesting topic, right? Because the reason why I did this podcast in the first place was because international basketball is becoming much bigger, much, much bigger, and it's so it's so good for the NBA because now you're going to have the best of the best playing right now. 10 years ago, I'm, I'm confident in saying that you didn't have the best of the best in the NBA because not everyone was able to be seen right now. They are now in now. No, sorry. I'll go back. Not everyone that was playing international ball was able to be seen by scouts or be as well known as they are right now. You look at players like Lamelo. He went to Latvia, Lithuania played over there. You know, ESPN was covering his games. His games were international. People were buying Lithuanian teams, whatever team he played for, Pranay, Vitautius or something like that. I, I just off the top of my head, right? But, like, that's not the point. Like, the point is more players are now accessible to spotlight and exposure. So you look at it 10 years ago, five years ago, someone like Joe Ingles, like, now he's a mainstay in the league, starter on the Jazz he couldn't even find a way to get into the NBA. Like, he had to go training deal with the Clippers, got cut from the Clippers, you know, was playing in Barcelona for a bit, 
luckily got picked up by Utah and the rest is history. So for me, it's it's great to see that international's getting better. It's getting bigger. It's getting broader. And like I'm just so excited to see what international players are going to... What, what the NBA is going to look like with better international players because you rank all 10 of those players... Lucas in the top five. Giannis, for me, has to be in the top five. And then you got, for me, Steph Curry, I'd still have LeBron, KD, right? So then, you know, it's it's 40% of that is international players. And five years ago, it, it might be 40% of the top 100 might not even be, you know, international, right? So it's really exciting. It's picking up. Let me know what you guys think. Like, what do you think? Do you think that this international team that I built would beat the USA team or vice versa? Would you like to see me, you know, maybe break that down a bit more? You know, because I think that's a pretty interesting, it's an interesting topic at the very least. And, you know, you can get you can, you can can get back to me on this on Instagram, you know, or you can comment on YouTube. I do put this stuff up on YouTube. But, you know, just this quick one here, you know, I just thought, throw it out there. It was something on my mind for a couple of days. And I thought, you know, be pretty, it would have been a pretty interesting topic. So thanks for listening, guys, and take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Lanes Podcast. Make sure you find us on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you find your podcast services. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and have a great day.